Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Vinyasa in Verse. How are you on this beautiful day? Wherever you are, I hope you can take a moment to find beauty in even the smallest thing as you move through your day. All right, so for today's episode, I'm going to turn to Hafez and see what will come forth for our oracle poem. And this is called A Strange Feather. A Strange Feather. All the craziness, all the empty plots, all the ghosts and fears... All the grudges and sorrows have now passed. I must have inhaled a strange feather that finally fell out. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I have to read that again. A strange feather. All the craziness, all the empty plots, all the ghosts and fears, all the grudges and sorrows have now passed. I must have inhaled a strange feather that finally fell out. I love that because it reminds me that... All of the drama that we have in our lives, all of the empty plots, the craziness, the ghosts and the fears that Hafez talks about here are essentially illusions. They are creations of our ego, our conscious mind that is like, oh my God, I can't believe that's happening. Oh my God, that's happening. And the thing is, it's not to discount that these things are happening. You know, so for example, um, we'll talk about systemic racism. That's a very real thing for people who occupy bodies that are of a different color, that are non-white. And, and so, yes, that is happening, right? That is part of our human experience. But this poem is asking us to remember that we are spirit souls having the human experience as much as it might suck. You know, I'm not saying that systemic racism is awesome. It sucks. But what are we here to do? You know, I feel that for me, occupying a brown body, a woman of color, that my purpose is to help dismantle racism. You know, my human experience is to take action and to say, hey, this is this is not good. This is not for the highest good of all. So how can we dismantle this to create something else? that does serve the good of all others, including myself, right? Uh, And that's the challenge. And so part of that growth, that challenge helps to evolve our souls so that when we get born into the next life, then, you know, we have other lessons to learn or we are so evolved that we achieve, you know, what a lot of folks refer to as enlightenment, where then we return to source and we're cool. We end up being that sunlight, that sun ray getting absorbed back into the sun itself. We had our fun. We evolved. We went up leveled, you know, in terms of like, I I always think about video games and how, you know, I think about Mario brothers and how you clear a level, then it gets harder as you go. But once you've cleared the, the top level and you've accomplished all the things, you know, and accomplish, I use, you know, kind of casually because it's not really about accomplishment or goals. It's, it's really about continuing to grow and learning lessons and, and evolution. But once you reach that point where, you know, your spirit soul is like, I'm fully realized, I fully evolved. It's like, zoop, you go right back into source, right back into the sun and all is well until you choose, Hey, you know what? I want to try that again. Let me go incarnate on earth just for fun and see what happens. And so this, this poem by Hafez, 
a strange feather. He's describing this human experience. It's us inhaling this strange feather that's like sort of tickling us on the inside and we get irritated by it, but we've been living with it so long that we then think that it's just part of us. And then that irritation or that discomfort becomes something that creates the reality that we see with our five physical senses and and what we experience with those five physical senses. And so once we clear that feather, (laughs) then you're like, oh, dang, that's, yeah, I see so much more clearly. I see that all this drama I was creating really didn't do anything for me, really didn't help me grow, except that maybe now I'm aware of how I use my time. I can choose to use it differently or wisely. And it's funny that this poem comes forward because I'm thinking about a particular incident that happened yesterday for me. And it was in a Facebook group that I'm a part of with uh, some women writers. And it's a mixed group. There are white women in there. There are women of color in there. And we all get along for the most part. Um, You know, everyone has their own thing or whatever, but the moderators are very good about creating clear lines of communication between folks. And when things come up like controversial, I don't like using that word controversial when it comes to racism, because why is racism controversial? I don't know. When something comes up like racism, it's a tense subject for for people because we're not used to talking about it as openly as we have been in the last year, more so than the last four years. And so, um, in this group yesterday, a Black woman had had made a post and said something that um, that was someone had said to her that she was very articulate. And the understood or the implied rest of that sentence is for a Black person, right? So she posted and, and kind of vented. She was just like, you know, white people, y'all got to stop because the word articulate telling me that I'm articulate is not a compliment. You might think it is, but it's not. And so I just, you know, chimed in and said, I see you. I feel this. I've been there. Uh, different wording. You know, I, I've gotten things like you speak good English. You know, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I was born here. Learn the language because I would lived here from since birth. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess I've really mastered English. So I understood the sentiment from which she was talking about. And there was a white woman who comes in and says something to the effect of like, oh, I would take it as a compliment. And I was like, oh my God, the person who originally posted just said it wasn't a compliment. And here this white woman is telling the original poster what to do and how to feel and what to experience. So I just dropped in a comment because I knew, you know, me trying to say something to a white woman is just going to open up a bunch of drama. I just made it totally simple. And I said, it is not a compliment. I left it at that. But then she had to come in and say, well, you know, some people this, some people that. And I went a little, took another step in being very mindful of boundaries of, you know, how much emotional labor I was going to do. I went in a second time and I said, well, this is racism. I don't think I said this is racism. I think she said something about racism. I said, it's not a compliment, you know, when you were talking to um, a woman of color. And I said something to her to the effect of you are telling a person or devaluing this person's experience by telling her how she should feel and how she should respond to something like this and how her feelings were invalid, that there's that it, it was a compliment. What are you complaining about? 
So I had to go in and, and educate her and say, listen, this is sounds like gaslighting to me. And then so she had to go on and be like, you know, you people, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. So I said, you know, I'm done uh, outputting any more labor and using my time on this. So if any white allies in this group care to chime in, that would be great. So in other words, white folks, come get your Karen. <laughs> you know, and then I just I left at that. You know, there were a few other women of color in there who um, who went in and posted some comments and provided some resources and tried to educate her. And then there was a second white woman who was like backing her up. And I was like, here we go. So then I just was like, nope, I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to get reined in. I'm not going to get pulled into the drama because that is low vibration. And that's not why I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I just finished saying I'm here to help dismantle systemic racism, but it, that's not the way to do it. Not to do it on an individual level with folks who are not interested in actually hearing and self-reflecting. So I set my boundary and I said, peace out, you know, like you guys go and do what you need to do. And one of them actually um, got de- super defensive. One of the white women got super defensive, surprise, and basically wrote me off and said, you do you. And I'm like, that's nice, you know, is project much, but that was just such an interesting way to respond where I was like, okay, what's actually happening is something that you're not seeing as a fact. And so if you think that I'm doing me, okay, I can't, I can't make you see things or make you do things or make you think things. I'm just going to be the example that I need to be for other people who are willing to, um, to learn, to be open. And so this brings me to this idea of boundaries, because I know that a lot of folks don't know when to stop. A lot of folks get pulled into the chaos of drama, into like emotional like reactions. And so how can we think about setting boundaries for ourselves that help us keep our integrity in alignment, keep our energy intact um, because you don't want to give your energy away to a drain. You know, you want to give your energy to situations that help fuel you, that help nourish you. Um, And that example from yesterday was the opposite of of fueling. I mean, I felt like, oh, you know, kind of drained. And that's when I knew I was like, I need to, I need to cut off and step away. So thinking about boundaries. So let's, let's talk a little bit about boundaries. Okay. So we have energetic boundaries. Right. And so we think about how do I use my time? How do I use my energy? And do I give my energy and my time to places and things and people who support me, who nourish me? Or am I giving them away to people who I feel like I have to please in order to get something that I need? For example, you know, growing up, maybe I chose to do things that I was told because I wanted to please my parents versus the thing that I really wanted to do, which was to not do whatever they were saying (laughs) and honor myself, right? So thinking about boundaries, there's the question of, if I say yes to this, does that mean I'm saying no to myself? Does saying yes to myself say no to something else? Probably, you know, but if I say yes to myself, I know that I can serve others more fully, You know, so for example, the classic, you know, mom quandary of, will you be in the PTO? (laughs) You know, will you volunteer for this thing? Will you give us some stuff for the bake sale? You know, those, those kinds of things. And as much as I want to say yes, you know, because I want to support the school, I want to support the PTO, I want to participate in my kids' activities. 
I say no because it doesn't necessarily nourish me. And I don't say no to everything. You know, last year, uh, one of my kids had a fundraiser at their school where teachers and parents played a basketball tournament. And I'm all about basketball. So I volunteered to play basketball, you know, to raise money for the kids' school. And that's an example of me saying yes to me while also helping others, right? Now, if someone was like, you know, I want, I need you to run for PTO president. Hell no. You know, that's, that's my energy being spent in a way that I don't foresee it nourishing me. That doesn't light me up. So the question with boundaries is like, okay, if I say yes to this, does it light me up? Because if it lights me up, then it, it feeds back into my energy. You've got this great energy loop happening, but if it doesn't, then you say no, because you want to say yes to yourself, right? Because if you don't take care of yourself, no one is, there's no one else going to take care of you except you. So you got to do that. Okay. So same thing with money, right? We um, sometimes feel that we have to donate all of our money to feel like we're doing good in the world. But if you can't put food on the table because you gave it away to somebody else who needed food on their table, what good is that? Right? So we need to think about creating solid boundaries and understanding that in order for them to be respected, you need to honor them yourself. So if you say, I am not going to donate to any charities this year until I earn X, Y, Z, then that's a boundary you need to set. And then the next person that comes to you and says, hey, can you donate some money, blah, blah, blah. Don't be like, okay, yeah, here I go. Until before you even got to your X, Y, Z, you just broke a promise to yourself. You just broke that boundary. So come back, take a step back and say, I can't right now. Not at this time. Maybe another time, maybe next time. To really honor where you are at any given moment in time and honoring your boundaries, because that's the thing that's going to allow you to flourish. That's the thing that's going to allow you to grow and evolve where folks are going to start paying attention and they're going to start watching you for the example that they know they need. Because a lot of people are like, all right, I'm just going to be the doormat. You want some money here? Here's what I got for you. And until there's examples, people don't know that there are other options, you know, often, um, We think that people know the same things we do, but that's not true. You know, I have all this knowledge I take for granted that I'm like, oh yeah, people know about manifestation. You just think it. No, you don't just think it. That's a different conversation altogether. Or I'll be writing a poem and be like, oh yeah, people know how to write a poem. You just like look at something, meditate on it, and then write about it. Easy, right? I mean, no, that's just an example. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes it does. But to think about you are the example right? For somebody who is in your family, in your circles, watching you, whoever it is, people are looking to you to, as an example for what's possible. And so if your boundaries are those of no boundaries, you know, for example, I felt that growing up, I really didn't see any enforcement of boundaries. Um, it's just like everyone just kind of energetically flowed one into the other. It was like a big blob of energy. And I was like, oh, I guess that's how people are. That's how we operate. Um, and then recently I found out, no, 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 you don't have to do what other people tell you to do. You don't have to be the people pleaser. You can make choices that are good for you and people are going to be okay with that. They're not going to hate you. You know, they're not going to put you on this imaginary blacklist. In fact, they will actually respect you. They'll be like, oh, she's grown. She's 
setting boundaries and she's keeping them. All right. Got mad respect for that. It may feel counterintuitive based on how you might've been conditioned, how I grew up, you know, where if you don't do what you're told, then you get punished or you get um, the cold shoulder or you get labeled as like the bad daughter or whatever it is. But when you can set your boundaries, even now as an adult, then people respect you. They're like, oh, okay, got it. I mean, you look at the leaders that are in, you know, in companies and in businesses and in office, you know, political offices, any kind of leadership position, they have boundaries. They're not like going out and being like, oh, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you? Because they know that they can help more people by keeping themselves whole, by being present fully in their, in their beingness. And they help other people by presenting the example that they are. And that's what leadership is, right? And that's, and that's what good boundaries look like. And so I invite you to um, think about where energy leaks might be in your life. You know, do you say yes automatically before even thinking, okay, can I do that? Like if somebody says, oh, can you do me this favor? I need you to cover my shift, you know, next Friday night or whatever. And some people might be like, yeah, sure, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm." Instead of checking their calendar and then Maybe they have plans that Friday night and you're like, oh, shoot, why did I say yes? Now I can't go back to that person and tell them, no, I can't. I got to rework my calendar and maybe the person I made plans with will forgive me. Maybe I don't know. You know, you end up in these in these predicaments. So to think about taking a pause when somebody asks you for something to step back and and it's OK for you to say, all right, I, I can I get back to you? That's just automatic. Can I get back? And think about where do you want to draw the line? Where do you want to draw these boundaries? Um, I think about the boundaries I have to draw with my kids, for example. You know, they want me to go do stuff with them or help them with this or help them with that. And usually it's like right now, you know, help me with this. I have a question about this right now. Never mind that I'm working or, or doing something else, you know, or that I'm in the middle of it. So I've taught them boundaries like, okay, between the, these hours, you can't interrupt me unless it's an emergency. You know, if you really, really need something and it can't wait, send me a text message, <laughs> you know, and then maybe I can pause what I'm doing and go see what they need. But again, it's about boundaries. It's about enforcing that um, the integrity of, of respect for my space and who I'm being and how. Okay. So that was a lot. I'm going to set a boundary here and close the episode. (laughs) Uh, I hope that you're able to create some awareness around boundaries, to take some time to look around your own day-to-day life and ask yourself, am I utilizing my energy in ways that nourish me, in ways that can come back to me? Or am I, am I leaking energy? Is it all getting drained away? And, and those places are where you start to need to look at your boundaries and ask, okay, what kind of boundary do I have here? Is it a permeable boundary? boundary? Is it really like defined? Take some inventory and see if you can make some small adjustments by asking the question, does saying yes to this say yes to me? Can I say yes to myself when I say yes to this? variations of that. Okay. So I've got this book, The World I Leave You. I love this book. It's so amazing. So many good poems in here. I just, every time I open it and I read a poem, I'm like, ah, oh, must've been such an amazing experience to edit this book. So this is called Elephant God and it's by Vandana Kana. Elephant God. If I was a good Hindu, 
I would believe, as my mother does, that ashes sprinkled in the Potomac River would somehow reach the Ganges, that my father reborn is somewhere in the world, someone else's husband, father, or maybe I have it all wrong, and he is a daughter, not Indian or Hindu, just living in a cold city near a river that flows back upon itself. I am waiting for a sign like you calling from Delhi to say the wooden elephants are drinking goat's milk. All over the country, people spoon it into tusks and mouth. The milk's slow trickle, cracking thick skin, the wood brittle as teeth, blessed, ready to snap. And it's something like religion. Behind carved wood, ivory tusks, there is something drinking, someone listening to prayers with milk. I wait for the day a postcard left in my mailbox will say, yes, I am here. It is wonderful. Every hang up on my answering machine is him calling over and over just for the need to say he is somewhere in the world. I will ask, is the river really the color of night? And a whisper, words in my childhood tongue, something like Ram, Ram, something like make me holy. Mm, oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> I'm going to have to get some of these poets in this book on the show because this is just all amazing work in here. Okay, my friends, we'll close the episode as we always do. The divine light may bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. Healing is so necessary for women writers of color. Whether we know it or not, our traumas hold us back from expressing and becoming our truest selves. How can we be more present to this? How can we create new ways of understanding our hurts so that we can heal them and step into our life's purpose with radiance? Follow me on Instagram for messages of healing and support as you walk this journey that brings you home to yourself. Find me at this handle, at Surya Gyan Yogi. S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N-Y-O-G-I. Or visit my website to learn more at suryagian.com. Your best healed life starts now.